Welcome to FEPS Talks, the podcast series of the Foundation for European Progressive Studies. Find out more about us on feps-europe.eu. Hello, this is FEPS Talks, the podcast series of the Foundation for European Progressive Studies, FEPS. My name is Laszlo Ander, I'm the Secretary General of FEPS, and today I am in Budapest, and I have the pleasure to speak with Kata Tutte, who is the uh, Deputy Mayor of Budapest, and she has been also a member of the Committee of uh, Regions, and um, she has also been working with FEPS, um, uh, being a member of the Steering Committee of uh, the Climate Justice Justice project last year. And um, in the last few weeks, she has been in charge of the COVID coronavirus crisis response uh, of the city of Budapest. Maybe this should be my first question, Kata. What can a municipal government do against this terrible crisis? Yes, hello. Well, that was the first question we put up to ourselves. So what uh, what is our duty and uh, what can we do even more? What our duty is, is uh, in the first place, is to have all our services continued. Like uh, people have to have uh, clean water, everybody in their home and electricity and um, central heating and street lighting. Uh, um, the sewage system has to work. And of course, one of the most important issues is the public transport. So the first thing we have to assure, and we have to do that like every day, that do we have everything to keep on with all the public services we have to provide uh, to the people in Budapest? So that's that's one of the first uh, issues we're looking at, like protecting all of the people who are working in these public services uh, protecting the bus drivers, tram drivers. We've been uh, looking at a lot of uh, other European cities, what they are doing. We are learning. We are also sharing our experiences on uh, how to keep on with the public services. Like, for example, on, on our buses, we closed down the first doors of the buses, even closed down a small section behind the driver of the bus to protect the bus drivers because the public transport has to move on. We are using a special uh, liquid to use as an antiviral uh, substance to help uh, seize the spreading of the virus. So we're looking at these things. We're looking at the critical um, employees who are running like um, the the central heating, uh, engineers um, protecting them, thinking about their shifts. So this is one part we don't really talk about because municipalities like Budapest, uh, uh, we don't own hospitals and mm. healthcare system is not uh, in the charge of the city. Yes. May I ask how badly is Budapest hit by the coronavirus? Is the infection uh, widespread in uh, Budapest? We only know the official numbers and we, we don't know anything else. The official numbers say that uh, Budapest is not yet hit by the coronavirus. In the whole country, officially, we have a little bit more than 500 people infected officially, I mean, um, tested and uh, as, as infected. Uh, so not yet. I, I've seen a figure today because earlier we didn't get any figures from the government uh, from any territorial spread. So today we got the information that we have something like 250 people in Budapest officially infected. So about the official numbers, we, what we see is that it's not... Uh, not not so widely spread. 
in the current situation. And there were a lot of measurements uh, taken, hopefully in time. So mm. although, because we had time, I think that's that's lucky for Hungary and Budapest because we had we, we earned some time to learn from uh, other countries and other cities. So social distancing started maybe earlier than in other places. And the people follow the advice? People follow the advice. Uh, of course, we find a lot of uh, pictures and a lot of uh, comments on social media about people behaving or not behaving well but uh, following the rules. But um, in general, I see the numbers. Uh, uh, we see how many people are out on the streets and using public transport. Uh, and, and people are afraid and they are following uh, the orders. So the schools closed, nurseries closed. A lot of people do teleworking. Well, who can actually do? So we see much, much less people outside. Uh, uh, there are measurements for um, people over 65 to use only a specific uh, time range to go shopping. There are a lot of volunteers helping for elderly people to do their shoppings uh, so they don't have to leave their homes. What we are lacking, I think, like most of the cities, is um, the protection of uh, the healthcare and social workers. Mm -hmm. We don't have enough uh, face masks. Uh, I think that's that's a situation almost everywhere as I read. So shortage of face masks protecting the healthcare workers like everywhere around us. Uh, we also face this. This is normally the duty of the of the government, but until now, these masks did not arrive to the local healthcare providers. So we, I think, this is one of our priorities in in Budapest it's not our duty but this is a thing we are trying to to do something to procure masks so we are looking at all legal uh, ways to to get some protection to the healthcare workers um, of course there there are a lot of things we are looking at uh, and that is th these are social issues So it's um, first of all, we decided as city of Budapest that nobody can lose their job because of this uh, crisis. So protecting jobs, this is one uh, uh, one of our priorities uh, beyond protecting our citizens and healthcare and social workers, um, protecting the jobs, uh, especially the, the city of Budapest is a big job provider. We had to close down all the cinemas and um, baths and uh, a lot of businesses closed. Uh, but um, we want to protect everybody who works for us in every way, in a social way. All of the, um, the local governments, um, at least who, who we have good connections with, uh, the district leaders, they're also looking at their social budget and everybody's increasing their social budget to give uh, support to the citizens. Okay, um, it seems to be a distant past when we did not have this coronavirus crisis yet. But Budapest was making news last October when you were also elected and people were wondering how this could have happened that um, in Hungary uh, the, the, the citizens of Budapest elected a progressive government. How did you make a difference? What kind of difference you could make since October being a progressive local government? Well, if the, one of one of our first meetings of the city assembly, we declared a climate emergency, which um, wasn't really an issue 
in Hungary. It was not on the political agenda um, last October at all in the country. So we were, we were the first uh, municipalities to declare a climate emergency. And um, we decided that every decision we make will have um, a climate aspect uh, in the future. We decided on um, greening the city and, of course, with um, it concerning really every decision. So this was one part, the greening and climate uh, um, part of our decisions. And the other was a, was a social decision. So in, in solidarity, we want to show the path for the other uh, other municipalities. We formed a council mm-hmm. for all the, all the social uh, partners to have a real discussion mm-hmm. on, on wages and social rights. Um, we've been, um, which wasn't the case in the... Mm-hmm. In the past ten years, not uh, not not in the government and not in the cities. So, to have a council with real partners from um, from every stakeholder on uh, on wages and um, was with social packages. So this this was one of the most important. Just before the the virus um, entered, um, we agreed on all of the state um, owned and municipality-owned companies in a wage increase, and it had uh, many, many, many feats. It wasn't just about the wages. The wages, uh, especially those who were working for the city, though their wages were absolutely below the, the average um, average wages in Budapest. Mm-hmm. So we decided that uh, this is one of our priorities to increase wages in the, in the next years for everyone who works for the city in every every sector. Wonderful. Um, and um, you mentioned as a first example the, the green agenda, the importance of um, the uh, climate emergency, but can you maintain this agenda at the time of the coronavirus crisis? There are many people who say that because of uh, the coronavirus crisis and the importance of uh, prioritizing health, now the green agenda will suffer. What do you think? We hope that it won't, so we still um, we still stick to a green agenda. Um, and uh, when looking to our decisions, we didn't put um, put this aside. Of course, when we are talking about uh, buying a lot of disposable masks, yeah, then then it's um, it's yes, put aside. But when we talk about and we will when we will talk about the restart because there has to be um, a restart. Uh, we still want to stick to the um, mm-hmm. to the green agenda. I don't know what will happen with our investments. So that part I don't know. I don't know what will happen for with the budget for this year. But what we decided is that if we have to decide um, between uh, building roads and uh, paying wages, we will be paying wages. So that's because if we can only restart the economy in Budapest and in Hungary. If people don't lose their jobs, if people don't get in uh, in, in a so bad so- social situation that um, that will make it impossible to have any other agenda. So the, our priority is uh, sort of social stability priority, but we we don't really put aside the the greening budget. But of course, about the investments, we will see uh, when can we restart. Yes. 
In the last few days, unfortunately, Hungary was again in the international news because of what was seen as an unprecedented power grab of Mr. Orban, the Prime Minister. Um, how do you see these developments? Are these extraordinary powers uh, justified and how it affects the local government where you are working? It's not justified. It's, it's, the, it's the typical Fidesz government propaganda telling that uh, the, o- the only way out from uh, this situation is the way they show and everybody else who, who doesn't cooperate with that uh, is responsible for people's life. But that's the typical Fidesz uh, propaganda on, on there's only one way and that's not democracy. And what we're saying is that there is a democratic um, way, path out of this crisis. So we we pushed the emergency button right away. They introduced this um, this proposal, and now uh, it's it's really bad to say, but this emergency call was justified because um, last night the government handed in an amendment which would make all of the locally elected mayors incapable of acting on it their own. So mm-hmm. the government seems to try to put a control over all the municipalities in the middle of the crisis. When what they're saying is in one hand that we have to act really quickly, we need to make uh, a lot of quick decisions. And we agree with that. But uh, in protecting the people, a really, really important part is in the hand of the local municipalities, in the mayors, especially in the social protection. Not, not the healthcare part, but in the social protection, one of the most important uh, tools are in the hands uh, uh, of the local municipalities. And now the government, in the middle of the night, introduced an amendment which would um, take this power away from the local elected mayors and put it in the hand of a government official with a time frame that makes it impossible to act quick, quickly and which uh, takes away the sovereignty of the of the mayors so like no 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 decision on buying a, a mask or giving any subsidy would be able in the future without the control and uh, nodding of the government official which is a, which is a complete nonsense and what we think is that this will endanger people's life. Very likely so. And um, this is probably a new chapter in the rule of law crisis of Hungary, which uh, uh, did not start yesterday. This is a very, very long story. And previously, the West Europeans uh, often spoke about cutting uh, the EU financial resources to Hungary because of this uh, behavior. But Mr. Karácsony, uh, the mayor of Budapest, often said, and he also came to Brussels several times, that it's actually not the cutting of the resources uh, which would solve the problem, but providing the EU resources directly to the municipalities. For the time being, we didn't see much effect of this campaign. How do you see the chances and why is this important? Um, for progressives like the Budapest leadership? Well, I'm still hopeful. We 
we've been hearing quite a few positive remarks on that, uh, especially from Francine Mermans uh, in, in, in his uh, field, especially in the new European Green Deal. Of course, we don't know what will happen now. But um, because of the European funds being very centralized in Hungary, so all all the decisions are made by the government. There are no real regions, uh, uh, no distribution of power, no real, no partnership and uh, um, no real negotiations. It would uh, help a lot in, in maintaining Hungarian democracy and in keeping alive the local authorities. Uh, um, if, if, if the bigger cities could uh, have direct um, European funds. But uh, we were optimistic a few weeks ago. I'm, I'm not sure what, uh, what will happen now in this field. But we don't give this up still. Uh, we are looking at it that it, it's, a, it's a much better way to tackle this problem to give direct fundings to the municipalities than to take it away, the, the whole package away, and uh, then negotiate with Mr. Orban and then give it back to him. Because normally I think this this is what would happen. I see. And what else could the European Union do or the European nations uh, do? Uh, what kind of solidarity uh, would help? I'm asking this because in these days uh, there's a lot more talk about and solidarity uh, than before and um, of course there are um, regions like Lombardy which from the point of view of the virus um, uh, they they are in the most dramatic situations so there has to be solidarity with them but also where the political situation is dramatic uh, there has to be some kind of European uh, solidarity what, what do you think can be reasonably expected from the European Union, which appears very often unprepared for a major crisis. It's, it's hard because all of these crises come from really different directions. So although scientists have been warning on um, a pandemic, um, it's it's really hard to prepare for it. But it's important to talk about solidarity. And it's, I think like um, you didn't mention, but like there, there's one aspect uh, um, I would bring in um, a lot of times the narrative is that the Central Eastern European countries get a lot of subsidies from the European Union and uh, they are not behaving well and they should be behaving well. But this narrative, I think now um, can easily be changed because when we see that a lot of uh, countries are complaining that um, a lot of Central Eastern European workers keep their economies alive. Mm -hmm. and all these Central Eastern European workers are leaving their country and uh, leaving like um, the health care in, um, in Austria and especially in the elderly care vulnerable. Now it seems more balanced. So we didn't really talk a lot about uh, brain drain and I just brain drain, but draining out and hollowing out uh, Central Eastern European countries uh, in every field, in the social and healthcare and um, and other fields, uh, teachers leaving and uh, with, with all this brain drain in the past uh, eight, nine years, uh, 
there was no real convergence between the regions, but um, but the gap was widening. And I think this is this is a, this is a good time when we can talk about this when the the lack of um, social workers um, is now a touchable issue, like in a lot of. Uh, um, Western European countries, when when we see um, some countries complaining that nobody will uh, pick up their fruits or pick pick their fruits and uh, do any of the work now that everybody moved back home, I think this uh, this this is more than solidarity issue, but uh, it's I think this is an important narrative uh, which can re. We override the other narrative of an, of an only one direction uh, uh, support. What was what was what was uh, current in the past month? Okay, why isn't Hungary behaving well when it gets a lot of subsidies? Uh, but we never talk about the part that a, a lot of Hungarian uh, um, trained workers are working somewhere else in the European Union. And they are actually missing very much from the Hungarian economy and the elderly care and health care and uh, education. Yes. In other words, the European Union has to address all these imbalances which have been developing in the past. And what we are aiming at is an EU with um, a lot more fairness, uh, but sustainability and social cohesion and social convergence, as I understood from your words. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, Kota, thank you very much for this conversation. Uh, I know this is a time when you also have to work a lot on uh, the coronavirus uh, crisis um, in uh, a city which is under political pressure. Um, But um, let's continue uh, this dialogue later. I wish you all the best in the Committee of the Regions as well. And uh, please um, visit uh, also FEPS when you are next time in Brussels. And uh, I can also encourage uh, our listeners to uh, find FEPS talks on uh, Spotify and elsewhere where this series can be heard. Uh, Thank you very much again and see you next time. Thank you very much. See you hopefully soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for your attention. If you found our conversation interesting, do not hesitate to share it on social media with the hashtag FEPSTalks. More is yet to come. Stay tuned.